When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We have a lot of videos of the podcast and various other tutorials on YouTube. You can subscribe to our channel at mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash YouTube. Happy mixing and enjoy the show. One, two, three. Hey, welcome to the Mixing Music Podcast. I am your host today, Leading Lou. Today, we unfortunately do not have DK, but we do have one of our studio assistants here. We like to call him Henry, but today he will be known as Healthy Henry. Hello, everybody. I'm new to the show. He's obviously nervous. <laughs> so um, we've been requested to actually talk about a few different things. And honestly speaking, like uh, this is kind of a topic that I think a lot of people can actually benefit from as uh, computers, which is what we're going to be talking about, are changing every year. They get stronger, they get faster, they change in shapes, uh, different kind of ports and all that kind of stuff. And they kind of complicate what's going on in our industry. Once in a while, if we start asking like, hey, you know, which computer is best? That's dependent on everybody. But um, I wanted to bring Henry on because I always feel it's easier to answer these kind of questions when we have, you know, people who are coming up have questions. Um you know, because we could talk about specs, we can talk about little details and all that, but it can get boring pretty quick. So let me bring up Henry. Let me introduce you guys a little bit about Henry before we jump in. Henry, you've been with us. Uh, we were just talking about this a little while ago. What, nine months? Just about. Just I think just under it. Nice. Okay. So in that time, like, uh, what would you say? Uh, how have you been liking it here? Like, what what do you feel like? uh you've been learning what what do you feel like you still need to learn more about like what's going on in your side um ever since coming here i've definitely grown a lot as a person and as a producer as an engineer um because of being here i now know the importance of room etiquette um knowing how to talk and be around clients um being able to run pro tools just just a lot. The, one of the things that I feel like I'm really liking in is just my mixing, but I'm still like pushing forward for it. All right, cool. And then uh, let me ask you this. Uh, I know that me and you have talked about computers. Uh, Danny and I have talked about computers. Uh, we have a couple different kinds of computers here at the studio and all that. But um, if we were to start anywhere, like what kind of questions would you have about the computers? I know, I know you see us all using different ones. Um, well, for me, when I first started, I had a PC that was built for gaming, and I had no idea what it was. I just went and bought a pre-made one. But when I first started out, I wanted to try to run, uh, I think it was FL Studio on it, and it was really, really, really laggy, and it really wouldn't work, and I never understood why until I started learning about like the, the different parts that make the software run smoothly on your computer. And it wasn't until I went to the LA Recording School that they gave me like one of the newer Macs, and from there I was just like, "Wow, everything runs super good on this computer." Yeah, 
totally. It, it's kind of funny because selecting the computer is a little bit more important than we make it out to be sometimes. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you've seen you you go to some studios and they just got like a small Mac Mini, which isn't bad, but sometimes it's under spec for the needs of the studio. You know, it's just like what we have at home. It works for us, but it doesn't always work for what we got in sessions. Um, now, as far as FL Studio not working, I'm guessing like. Uh, even though your computer was built for gaming, like I'm sure you had a good graphics card, right? No, definitely. Everything looked really crispy. <laughs> yeah. So one thing that you'll notice is that the better the graphics card, the more CPU it actually eats up. And that's mm. kind of one of the funny things. Uh, we have some computers here. We use, like I know DK and I both have Mac Pros that we use on our personal stuff. But here at the studio, we use uh, Bryson, uh, Sean Bryson. Shout out to that guy. Um, you can check out his computer builds, but we use two of them. We use the eight core builds, which are smaller than the Mac pros DK and I have, and yet they outperform them, but the graphics card on them aren't anything crazy. You know, like we're not, we're not exactly doing 4k video while recording a session. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, um, I imagine, I imagine, I don't know what computer did you have? What was it like an alien or, uh, I think it was called like the Omen, the Omen. Wait, isn't Omen by Dell? No, HP. HP? Yeah, HP. Yeah. yeah. So HP's always been solid, but like because it was for gaming, I'm sure they just spec'd it out like, hey, you know, we need like eight gigs of RAM, a fast mm-hmm. enough processor, but not something that was like, you know, a heavy core count or anything. Like how many cores did it have? Like four? I think somewhere around there. Yeah. I think so. But I just know that whatever it was spec'd out to be was not even enough for it to run FL Studio. So when you switched over to the Mac computer, like what was different? Like what what did you notice right away? Well, automatically the software opens up really smoothly, really cleanly. Nothing was like lagging. On my PC, it would always like lag even when I tried to just open up like the the basic like um the VSTs on it, the okay. stock ones. Yeah. No, a lot of that has to do with the way the computers are actually built and designed, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, a gaming computer is obviously going to put like graphics and uh, I guess you can say CPU load over like an actual processor like speed. Now, like on our computers here, like we have them um, clocking in around like 5.0 gigahertz and surrounding that. Um, they use i9s and all that. It's eight cores, but it's hyper threaded to be like 16. They're They're like super, super nerdy and we can get into like what each one of them is actually going to do for it. But, um, you know, usually a lot of times, like, people just need, like, extra storage space. Like, I don't know if you ever had that issue where your computer is running out of hard drive space. And then uh, we actually run into the issue where it's like, oh, can't record anymore. It's like, why not? (laughs) It's like, sorry, you just don't have enough space. Or you're trying to load up a program, but your computer can't do it because there's not enough space on the computer to even load it. No, definitely. I remember one time when I didn't even know how I was maxing out the storage on my new Mac. But in doing so, I remember deleting one of my projects on accident. That sucks. No, so uh, I've actually done that myself, too. Uh, I had to, like, restart my computer. I had computer software issues, and then I did a reset, and I was like, oh, no, my files. (laughs) No, but um, I guess you can say, like, if if I ever had to, like, recommend, like, choosing something out, like, um, because I guess you can say, like, it's going to be, like, if you had to start somewhere, like, choosing a computer uh, to start off with, because in your case, you got it from the school, which a lot of schools are doing that. Yeah. But I remember when I went to school, the one they gave me was like an i5 with like quad core and eight gigs of RAM. Like it was kind of just the bare bones basics. Like it wasn't anything crazy, but it worked and it worked better than my PC. I used to have an HP with like an i3 
and four gigs of RAM. I'm pretty sure mine was around there too. Yeah. So um, that was kind of the cool thing. Like when I opened my eyes to that, like I transitioned eventually from like a 2011 MacBook Pro to like a Mac Mini back to a MacBook Pro. And then uh, now I have uh, the Bryson builds, which has been my, my workhorse. But as a backup computer, I have a Mac Pro. But um, it, it's kind of funny because, like, as we kind of grow into our studio setups or as we start out or try to upgrade, the question is, like, I guess, what do we need? I know Danny recently went through that. Uh, Danny had, I think he went from a PC to a Mac, too, right? No, it was. He had the little HP one, I think. Yeah, and I sold him my last MacBook Pro. Yeah, now yeah. he has, like, a tank for what he does. Yeah, and it literally holds it down for him. And it's funny because it's not the highest spec computer. But it's a computer that's specced properly for his needs. Exactly. So I guess starting out, like, um, we have a lot of people who try to use, uh, like, lots of plugins, which usually means you need RAM. You know, uh, like, you can get away with an i5 if you're just trying to do some simple mixing. Nothing heavy loaded, but maybe you're just trying to use um, a plugin that's a little more CPU intensive. Usually having a little more RAM will help that out. So starting out with, like, 16 gigs of RAM. Um, I personally have 64 in Studio A, 64 in Studio B, and at home I have like 128, which I don't recommend. It's kind of funny. The biggest misconception about RAM is the more you have, the better. It's actually not. It actually works against you once you start passing 64. Um, it's kind of funny because you can see this on the Apple websites, on the, the HP, Dell websites. The moment you start going past 64 gigs of RAM, you notice that the clock speed starts to slow down because the computer now has to account for all this extra processing power. And it's going to take up some of the processing speeds to read through it all and then get back to you. You know what I mean? And these are definitely some of the things that I never thought about before when it came to like production. Because now even, even with my computer, as I'm starting to grow, like uh, with one of the VSTs I use, it's called Arcade. As mm -hmm. soon as I open it up, my CPU like damn near maxes out and it's already like it's already starting to die on me. Yep. Some more RAM would actually help out with that. Another thing that would help out with that is uh, actually loading the samples and everything to a separate hard drive. So one thing that people mm -hmm. don't usually know about is and this happens especially on laptop producers. Um, because it's a laptop, you're trying to minimize the amount of stuff you're carrying, right? That's the whole point of the laptop. You don't want to carry a screen, a keyboard, and a computer, um, let alone the amount of power supplies to power it all. So um, when you're on a laptop, it's best, or any computer really, it's best to offload all your samples onto a separate drive because instead of telling the program on the boot drive to actually run, plus capture the audio, plus reproduce the audio, plus look for the audio that you're sampling, you can just let the computer run the program and tell the program, hey, reference this hard drive over here for the samples you're actually lightening the load and the actual processor on the computer takes actually a lighter load so you actually bet you actually get better computer performance out of offloading your samples i don't know if you currently do that no i think you told me about that a little while ago and i did mm -hmm. start doing that and it did improve it a little bit yeah like it's kind of cool because like native instruments uh spectrasonics um, you know, a bunch of the different virtual instrument companies, they when they give you the installer, the installer will say, hey, where do you want us to install the software? And then they'll give you a secondary option later saying, where do you want us to install the samples? And yeah. so it'll actually let you choose where you want it. And if you start off like that, you're already starting off right. You know, like all my Stephen Slate stuff, like I have a trigger and all that. And uh, all those samples exist on an external drive. So I don't really have to worry about it right away. Now, another thing is that 
we actually run into the issue of like we want more cores, more virtual instruments to actually run, but it takes up a lot of power. So aside from RAM for the plugins and everything, virtual instruments actually need more cores. So a lot of us tend to have like four core laptops. If you're on a Mac Mini, maybe you got the six core or the eight core. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more cores you put on a computer passing eight, once again, it slows down the processor speed. And the reason that it's important to try to find the perfect balance is to ask yourself, like, am I trying to produce or am I trying to tr- record live? Because, like, let's say that you're running a native system, uh, like you're just running, like, let's say an Apogee Duet, an Apollo Twin or something like that. If you're not using their low latency monitoring software that comes with it, like console, I believe is what uh, UA uses. I think uh, the Apogee Duet might now be using the Symphony control. I don't know if that's exclusive to the Symphony only. Um, but unless you're using those programs, you're going to have round trip latency, you know, when you just enable record in Pro Tools. And once you start loading up plugins, it's going to start adding some latency. So the faster your processor works, the faster your latency is going to be. But when it comes to virtual instruments, because they cause uh, so much CPU loads, you actually start running into the issue where you can't really have your buffer as low with virtual instruments on the actual session without having more cores available. But even then, the more cores you have, the slower your latency is going to be because you just drop the speed of your processor. It's it's weird. It's one of those super nerdy things. Like, it's going to be information that uh, we could all fall asleep to. <laughs> I mean, I definitely learned. I saw the difference after getting to see this computer in action and then trying to do the same thing at home. And I was like... It didn't hold up, did it? No, not even close. <laughs> Shout out to Bryson once again. Love your computers, man. But um, the the craziest thing is this, like... If you start going too far with the specs, you actually start getting a worse computer. I saw uh, one of my friends, he bought one of those new Mac Pros that looked like a cheese grater. And Mm. um, he got the 24-core version with 256 gigs of RAM and a 4-terabyte SSD. The funny thing is his clock speed's around like 3.2, which is equivalent to like the Mac trash cans and like the old... uh, well, those look like a cheese grater too. The the old like G five and the Mac Pro towers. Um, oh, I know what you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, those ones could get up to three point two anyway. So if you're trying to match clock speeds with that, then yeah, go ahead and max out and move backwards. But usually, minimizing the actual amount of power you put into your computer will result in a faster processor, which is usually what we want in recording. Um, video graphics cards, the 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 better you go with them, the lower your processing speed is as well. So funny enough, if you want a computer to be fast, snappy, work quickly, um, you'll want to be able to make changes in uh, in the middle of a session without the computer having to buffer and all that. Don't don't overdo it, you know. But let's see. As far as uh, as far as computer needs, I know sometimes we run into the issue where people will actually be recording in Pro Tools or Logic or anything, and they'll still run into latency. I've seen where people get like a maxed out computer or even a, a properly set up one like ours. Actually, we have this problem sometimes in our studio where people will uh, record enable a track and then they're like, yo, there's so much latency. But it's because they're running it through like buses and plugins that cause latency and everything. You know, mm. like what like I tell you guys all the time, right? Uh, set the record track to output one and two and you just yeah. you usually won't have an issue. Um, even in Studio B, we have we don't have HDX in Studio A. We do, but even in Studio right. B, as long as record tracks output one and two, you don't have issues, right? Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
even if you have a low processing computer, you can usually get away with low latency speeds if you just look at how a computer works and how it works with your system. Uh, most softwares like Logic, Ableton, Pro Tools, if you start running the record track through buses and everything, you're telling the software to do more before the program just spits the audio out. So usually a lot of times if your issue is latency, you don't even have to max out your computer. Like I've seen recording sessions with a Mac Mini that go perfectly fine. Right, and I, and I've seen the the advantage you get by setting everything up properly too. Yeah, makes everything a lot quicker. Oh yeah. Now, I guess the one issue that you could run into with uh, with a computer is trying to decide, I guess, your interface. You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're running an Apollo, but your computer doesn't have Thunderbolt, like right, you know, that's going to be an issue. Yeah, yeah, it gets kind of annoying. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, or if you have like one of the newer Mac Pros um, or MacBook Pros where it needs Thunderbolt 3, but your studio has Thunderbolt 2, now you got to get the yeah. adapter and that thing's like 50 bucks. Um, thankfully, like uh, Universal Audio has updated their drivers to work with more PC computers and everything. So like nowadays, like they can just connect to the Apollo directly. Um, but also depending on what interface you want to use, like, let's say you want to get an Apache, uh, interface, mm -hmm. they only work with Apple. Ooh. So it's another one of those things where it's like exclusive. Exactly. Um, universal audio was semi-exclusive for a long time. Like the only interface PC users could buy was the Apollo USB version. They, you couldn't get in a Thunderbolt version to work. Mm. And yeah, didn't even know that. Yeah, exactly, right? So let's say that you were trying to run like, a, uh, let's say, a Mac Mini, um, but you were trying to run uh, like an RME interface, it would work fine. And then let's say your client comes in with a PC laptop, it would work fine. And funny enough, RME actually causes the least amount of issues with most computers on both sides of the spectrum. But if you had an Apogee and somebody came in with a PC and they were trying to run like FL Studio in your studio, wouldn't work. So deciding on your computer, like try to figure out what exactly it is you're trying to run. Because uh, if you're trying to do lots of plugins, then more RAM is going to help you out. If you're trying to do a lot of virtual instruments, then a lot of cores are going to help. Um, if you're trying to go for a recording computer, a l a faster processor speeds are going to help. So usually counterbalancing everything, I guess you can say, is going to be the, the best bet. You know, if you have too many cores, your clock speed's going to drop. If you have too much RAM, your clock speed's going to drop. Funny enough, if you have too big of a boot drive, your clock speed's going to drop. Um, too big of a graphics card, your clock speed's going to drop. So it's kind of this balancing act of finding out what's perfect for you. Now, what I really like is that on most PC websites, and I know Apple does this, and if you talk to to, to people in, uh, in the custom computer world like Bryson, mm. um, a lot of times they'll just ask you, what is it that you want? If you go to the store like Best Buy and all that, you know how they have the computer aisle? Yeah. You usually just choose out what you want as long as it fits your needs. Yeah. But there's not a lot of customization behind it. Yeah, because they're all usually like pre-built already. Exactly, like they're they're really well built for like video games at home. Um, but then even then, like you see pro gamers like building their own computers, exactly. and it almost costs as much as buying a pre-built computer, anyways. It does. Yeah, that that's why I did it. That's the way I did it with mine. But now at this point, like as me from from being like super beginner to now like really starting to get a hang of things, I'm really starting to see like where all of this comes into play because 
now since I'm I'm trying to advance as a producer and trying to advance as an engineer, like I'm starting to see both worlds about uh, as far as how I can improve uh, computer wise for it to for it to better suit both of those lanes. Like now that I'm starting to really really like get into tracking and uh, and mixing, I'm starting to see like some of these plugins that I want to get used to. It's starting to like kill my CPU. Same thing with on the producing side with the VST is starting to just eat away at my computer. And oh now yeah. It's like uh, it's just more of like like really really getting to know my equipment now. Oh yeah. Because I wouldn't need to have a Bryson build, right? No, at, you at definitely wouldn't need it. Now, a lot of people upgrade to them down the line, but it's obviously not the cheapest computer on the market. Right. But you got people like, um, uh, I, I forget what his name is, but he's on YouTube. He has uh, that channel that shows like Epic Home Studios over in Nashville. I think it's like Andrew something. Um, I forget his name. Shout out to that guy. You know, really, really <laughs> awesome channel. I, I love geeking out about people's studios and setups, and that guy seems to like that too. So resonate with that. But um, he's running his entire channel off of a Mac Mini with six cores. Oh, damn. You know, he's recording drums for himself with that and an Apollo, and he's good, you know. Um, DK, he's running a, a Mac Pro trash can with just an Apollo, and, dude, DK's got amazing mixes. And his sessions yeah. are pretty intense, too. You know, um, I know guys that have custom-built PCs where they built it for gaming, but they use it for Pro Tools and Ableton. Which is actually really cool. It's it's kind of nice to have a pleasure computer and a professional computer in one. Yeah, yeah. But um, with that said, you know we'll we'll pause on this for now, just because I know we can get really geeky and technical about <laughs> it. Um, I'm trying to keep it as as friendly as possible, not not as boring as possible. But uh, we'll just take a moment, just thank some of our sponsors, like uh, for instance. I'm actually talking on the Lawton Audio LS208, one of my personal favorite mics. Um, shout out to Lawton. They've actually been sponsoring us for a long time, and uh, I've been working with them for years. Another cool company that we're working with is Isotope, which is actually really cool because um, with Isotope, you can actually change the way the plugin is working, CPU heavy-wise. Um, but aside from that, like uh, I don't know if you've seen their subscription bundle, but you can actually get all of their plugins for for a pretty cheap price and i know that if you go through our uh mixing music podcast website you can use the discount code i believe it's uh mmpod10 but um not all of their plugins are cpu intensive but one of those that i tend to look out for sometimes is uh ozone 9 which you see i use ozone all the time yeah and the cool thing is that like you can choose to use individual modules which is a way to kind of do the computer hacking like how to optimize the computer usage if you just want to use the the low-end focus tool you can just use that individual plugin or you can load up ozone 9 and create your own like plugin chain within it now that's going to be a little more cpu intensive but if you use the individuals like it's a game changer every time like you can use that on just the the drum and bass tracks you know but yeah, so um, with that, I think we're going to go ahead and actually just wrap up the episode for now. We'll have DK on for the next one. But Henry, how did you feel for your for your first episode with us? I was hella nervous. <laughs> yeah, I figured as much, but you did good. But shout out to Danny. I put in quadruple digit hours. That's you right. Know, Danny over here there. putting in triple digits on his episode. I one up you, bro. <laughs> Well, we'll let you guys go, and uh, 
happy mixing and stay saucy. One, two, three. Are you trying to find the perfect distribution platform to get your music on Spotify and Apple? I personally use and love DistroKid. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash DistroKid to get a small discount and get access to a platform with unlimited uploads for a yearly fee. Happy uploading and enjoy the show. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.